from Plug Hit Studios in Largo, Florida. I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we are here with episode 501 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, for Sunday, July 15th, 2018. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. This week, PC shipments are on the rise, Nintendo is patching its exploits, and the internet is obsessed with censorship. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, or Google+, any of the podcatchers, including uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, the Podcast Play app in the Windows Store, the myriad of other ones like Stitcher and such, uh, or um, on any of our live stream platforms, of which there are a number, livestream.com, Mixer, Periscope, Twitch, YouTube Live, or Facebook Live, uh, or of course on our apps, plugitslive.com slash apps. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways you can join us. The first is Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can go to f5live.tv slash join us, and there you can uh, chat with us in the studio as we uh, do the show live. Uh, tonight, I am looking at Mixer, I am looking at Twitch and YouTube are the best ways to chat with us. Uh, so if you have any input on the topics as we go along, uh, please let us know and uh, we will try and incorporate them into the show. But if you're not able to join us live, that is okay. Uh, you can also go to plunketslive.com slash subscribe and there you will see all of our shows, including F5 Live. The Pilch Point with Avram Pilch, which will be on in just a little bit. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, his personal experiences buying a laptop um, and the fascinating ups and downs of that journey. Um, <laughs> our first look series, our special events, and a myriad of others are all there at plugitslive.com slash subscribe. And uh, I, think, I think that's it, Avram. How have you been? All right, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of stress over a situation that should not be should not be stressful for anyone, let alone me. Uh, but we'll get into that in my segment uh, in terms of buying a laptop and having to return it at least three times. So, uh, you know, uh, but other than that, I guess everything is everything is okay. Well, that's good. Um, I was in Utah this week for three days. Um, so uh, I got to visit our company office there, which is the first time that I've I've gotten to go. Uh, it's very pretty. It was in Ogden, lots of nice nice mountains, pretty space. Love to go again. Uh, so it was otherwise okay. Okay, well that's good. I'm I'm glad you finally got to see the uh, the corporate offices, and uh, you got to see some uh, testing facility too, right? Yes, yes, that's what's in our office. So we have in our uh, our parent company, Perch, we have a couple of different offices. I work in the New York one, uh, as do uh, most of the staff from Tom's Hardware and Tom's Guide and Laptop. Uh, but um, in Utah, uh, the company has a giant uh, lab space along with an office. Uh, so a couple of our writers who don't live in New York uh, came out to uh, Utah to meet with me and our managing editor, Matt Safford, and the head of Perch Labs, Matt Murray, and talk about, um, you know, how they do testing of components like CPUs and GPUs. And, oh, cool. uh, you know, so we could all be kind of cross-trained and how to do it and 
talk about some of the ideas that came out of that that we could use for either better testing or, or special uh, features. So you know we had uh, we had we had an interesting interesting time, um, and uh, you know a lot of food for thought, so to speak. Sure. Well, that's good. Uh, getting to getting to interact with some of your uh, your remote workers must have been nice. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, you know, always cool to hang out with. Uh, Paul Alcorn, who is our CPU's editor and lives in, in Kansas, he is a absolutely brilliant guy and a fantastic journalist. And uh, Chris Angelini, who is our our graphics expert and used to be editor in chief, used to be have the same job that I do, uh, but is now um, just uh, now kind of works for us on a freelance editorial basis. Okay, um, you know he came and talked to us about GPU, so it was uh, it was very cool. We had a we had a good time. Great. Uh, when we went axe. Uh oh, it must be that time where uh, throwing. Oh, he's back. You uh, you yeah. did your anyway. your weekly pause. Did you say you went yes, axe? You th- did you say you went axe throwing? Yes, that's what I said. We went axe throwing. They there. I think they have it not only in Utah but other places. But they had a place called like Social Axe or something. <laughs> And you, it's like bowling or darts or whatever. You go and like you rent for an hour, and they give you like two lanes to like throw axes at a board, and they have games for you to play. Like you split into two teams, and you know, I've never done it before, but it's it's pretty fun. Um, huh. You know, just sort of make sure you don't, uh, you know, throw it at the wrong, <laughs> throw at the wrong thing. Um, yeah, like like that morning show last year. Maybe oh, there was a morning show where somebody threw an axe at someone. Yeah, uh, he he threw it at the at the thing and uh, hit like a what was it uh, like a military drummer or something that was behind it. Like totally missed the mark, like the whole board. Yeah, but hit him sideways, uh, so everything was fine. But yeah, that's uh, what a fascinating um, extracurricular activity that is. Yeah, that that was fun. Okay. That was fun. Um, so, they have funny thing there. I guess they probably have it everywhere. But right near our hotel, they had like three or four activities that you would expect to do outside, inside. So they had an indoor skydiving, indoor okay. surfing, and indoor rock climbing. Okay. Uh, place, and then they had axe throwing, which I guess you could do indoors or outdoors, but this was indoors. Okay, we've got a. We've got an indoor skydiving place in Orlando. I think that's the closest <laughs> that yeah. we've got here. Uh, they just implemented some VR technology. I haven't seen it yet. That's not what we're going to talk about, though. That's that. That's cool that there were like things around to do. I went to see a client one time in Houston, and there is nothing around us. <laughs> so yeah, Houston. I don't know if it's changed, man, but I went to Houston on a business trip mm-hmm. like 1999 or so. It was the most boring place uh-huh. I've ever been in my entire life. Yes. It was, it was, I'm sorry, Houstonians, <laughs> if you're on, maybe, maybe it's gotten better. Maybe I didn't see the good parts. We were staying in this mall, like literally our hotel was part of the shopping mall. <laughs> and every single thing, we turned on the hotel travel channel. We're supposed to tell you what to do in town. Mm-hmm. Every attraction was a store in the mall. Oh no! It was like, 
it was like they would they put on like Houstonians are proud of our rich cultural diversity. For example, in the food court, we have both a Taco Bell and a Panda Express. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. That see that's about what I seem to remember was give or take that. I didn't stay in a mall. I thought that our weird university mall in Tampa was the only strange mall to do that. I guess not. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was my experience, too. Anyway, it's good that there were things to do so that at the end of the day it wasn't it was, just it was twiddle much, your thumbs. It was, it was much nicer than that. I actually have to give some props. I, I wasn't expecting Ogden, which is where we went, to be such a nice place. It, nice. Is, it was, uh, you know, I'd heard it was boring, but actually it's like a, a happening little town. Like, they have all these pubs around and you know, live music and, you know, obviously beautiful landscape. What sure. I really want to do next time is go hiking. Uh, and it was 99 degrees there, but it really wasn't very hot. I think it's because it wasn't humid at uh -huh. all. Yeah. So I remember being in Vegas one time at 114 degrees and thinking this feels cooler than 82 in Tampa. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. Almost exactly. certainly that. All right. So uh, how about we get down to some news for the week? Cool. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking to uh, pre-order one of the new uh, Surface Go's or uh, you want to get an Xbox One with a free uh, gift card, a $30 card if you buy an Xbox One X right now. If you get a One S, you can get an extra free game uh, of your choice, obviously from a limited selection. And obviously they've got more than just that. Uh, there's there's uh, the Harman Kardon Invoke, uh, the Cortana-powered smart speaker. There's uh, VR and augmented reality headsets. Uh, the Galaxy S9 and 9 Plus from Samsung. Um, all of that and more available by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. It's fascinating to watch them expand their lineup. Anyway, that's not what we're going to talk about. Let's... Let us talk about PCs. Obviously, over the last couple of years, we know that uh, PC shipments have been down. And by that, I mean almost six years. Every quarter, quarter after quarter, sales are down. And there's a number of reasons for it. Um, probably the primary reason is that consumers, not content producers, obviously, uh, you know, Avram's got a couple of computers himself. Uh, you know, well, we'll get to this in my segment uh -huh. a little bit, but I have not up until this year, I had not refreshed my computer for four years. So, right. So I, I, I know where, where everyone is coming from, yeah. but you continue. But, but you do have a computer, even if you hadn't refreshed it, you live on a computer because you create content. Obviously, in the studio here, what was the count I did uh, two weeks ago? I think there's five of them that run the studio here. Um, but consumers 
have kind of gravitated away from the PC and into phones and tablets as their primary consumption devices. And with that, uh, PC sales have been down. Um, now, that's across the board. It doesn't matter whether you're talking uh, Windows or Mac. Um, computer, traditional computer sales are down. Um, until this quarter, uh, for the first time in almost six years, uh, PC shipments increased, uh, which there's a couple of, couple of reasons why. The first is there's a certain point where the number being sold gets so low that you could accidentally bump it up. So after, you know, after uh, 24, 23 quarters of sales declines, at some point you're going to have a situation where, uh, where it just accidentally you could, you could increase. But uh, we're actually seeing a global uh, trend in enterprises updating their, um, their whole fleet. And that is because a number of uh, Windows, old Windows versions, have come to the end of their lives for, um, for support. And so obviously, at that point, the enterprise, the big corporations that are usually reluctant to, to change their technology because it's a big expense, um, finally have to do it because you don't get all of the security stuff anymore and all you know your your machines are no longer what they used and, to be so and and it, it also sort of begs but answers an obvious question which is why couldn't they just take their old computers and spend you know a little bit of money for the windows 10 upgrade upgrade and i think the answer is they don't want to be bothered yeah oh they absolutely wanna, they don't want to be bothered there could be a driver issue whatever it's expense to upgrade stuff so what for you and me is a 40 minute process when you're a big company, you'd rather just buy a new computer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Especially when you take into consideration that they may not, you know, they're probably not all the same model across the enterprise. So the process could be ridiculous updating. Yeah. This one might have this driver issue and this one might have, you know, the video card. It, and you It's, know, and it's an unknown unknown. It For most well, IT and, departments, it's not worth fighting. And let's, uh, you know... Let's give some some props to the employees. At least now you're getting a slightly better computer. <laughs> Indeed, probably probably um, probably getting a better computer. Who knows? It couldn't be, you know four years, four or five years past. Now I got a theory here, and okay. I don't know that the evidence that there's any evidence going that the evidence is with me. But I think the reason PC sales have declined is not so much because people are on their phone. Yes, people are on their phone, people are on their tablet for watching movies or playing casual games, great. I think I think most families, most households at least in the US, I know there are countries where they can't, you know, where that are more sort of developing nations, they don't have the infrastructure for home internet and and things like that sure. where it's like no, you don't you don't necessarily have a laptop or a desktop. Sure. But I, I, I think that the, the reason PC sales have been declining is because the difference between, and I hear this yeah. every time from Intel, every single time Intel comes out with a new CPU, they always talk about how this CPU that they just came out with compares to a four or five year old CPU. 
Uh-huh. They never, they rarely talk. They don't talk nearly as much about how it compares to last year's CPU. So like, you know, every time we have a launch, like we did with like the KB Lake R last year, sure, right, eighth gen core, when they give us journalists our you know little PowerPoint presentation, they're always talking about like here, here's some benchmarks versus a four or five year old PC, and here's one with KB Lake R. They're not like, oh, here's one versus last year's. Right. So what Intel is acutely aware of, and I think we're all acutely aware of, is PCs are not just competing with phones. They're competing with your existing PC. Yeah. People have old computers that are still perfectly good. And so you got to convince people that, hey, my your current PC that you've had for four or five years you really would benefit from replacing it. Now, unfortunately, these things aren't breaking as much as they might want them to. Uh, uh, and the software has not got, unless you game, PC game, the software has not gotten that much demand, more demanding. Yeah. So, you, so in the end, you're, you're faced with a question of, and I've done articles about this for, for laptop. I should, mm-hmm. should probably do one now that I'm for Tom's hardware, which is like, when is the right, when do you know it's time to, uh, to replace your, your laptop or your desktop? Mm-hmm. And the, you know, it's time is either, either something, uh, either there's something you want to do that you can't, that is a new capability, like people who want a touchscreen or they want, a two-in-one and, and they only have a regular uh, laptop or they have a desktop and they finally want to make the jump to a laptop, it changes their use case. Okay. So like that's, you know, or you weren't playing PC games. Now you want a gaming machine. Those are all reasons why you say, oh, okay, I need a new, I need a new PC. It does something that my current one doesn't, or your current PC is, is too slow for your needs. It's getting a little slow it's getting the battery life isn't what it was or what you need or what you now need it to be. Uh, so, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people who are just like doing regular stuff like email, surfing the web, uh, even writing documents uh, are doing perfectly fine with, you know, four and five year old uh, and older machines. And so, you know, that's that's what they're competing against is like, Make me, make me need a new machine. Now, here's something that hasn't really been talked about a lot. You didn't mention. This happened to me, and I bet you it's happened to a lot of other people, although they may not know why. Your computer has slowed down in the last few months. Do you know why it slowed down in the last few months? Because of uh, Spectre. Right, the Spectre and Meltdown mitigations patches that people install, probably maybe without even looking or thinking about it. You clicked OK because you're supposed to install them, they have a negative effect on on older processors. And um, my laptop in particular, which has a, I think, a fourth-generation core processor in it, uh, suddenly is at the point where it's pretty okay when I'm using it by itself, but when I'm using it like I am now, docked to two monitors uh, through a USB docking station, I get lag. I get some amount of lag uh-huh. like switching switching tabs and in the browser, and there's a second of delay, things like that that I didn't used to experience. Or I'm typing in Google Docs, and it takes like a two seconds before the words come out sometimes. Ooh. And that's a kind of annoying thing that you're yeah. like, it doesn't happen all the time, 
it's a type of annoying thing that makes me say like, okay, it's been a few years now. Now is the time. My computer's not broken. It's you know, it's it's still chugging along, yeah. but it's gotten a little slower. The battery lie. The battery has declined. The other day, I battery died in like five hours of continuous use. That's not good for me. Right. So, uh, although I had it on pretty high brightness, so who knows? But anyway, point being. Point being, like, that's the kind of thing that makes you say, okay, time to change. But a lot of people had had a great reason to change. Yeah. Now, Spectre and Meltdown might actually be giving them a reason to change. That's true. Um, I know that here in the studio, um, granted, uh, the studio machine doesn't run on an Intel processor. Um, but so to cover both of your points, the processor that is in uh, in our broadcast computer, um, Tom's Hardware reviewed in October of 2011. <laughs> uh, so so that, I, I went and, I couldn't find a release date, but I did find your review on the processor. So that was, that was good enough. Uh, October of 2011 was uh, when Tom's Hardware released the review of this processor, and it's done us well all that time until AMD discovered that uh, Spectre also affects them and put out a patch. And so uh, we see this processor spike more than we used to. Like while I was looking up the model of the processor, it went to 95%. Yeah. So. My, my wife's computer is even older. My wife has a desktop that we built her in like 2011 or 2010. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like first gen core. And, you know, listen, I, I now understand, like, years ago, I'll just leave it at this. Years ago, you, I used to say, oh, man, everybody, what, what is with people? Just upgrade your computer every couple of years. Come on. This is important. It's how much could it be? And then, you know, things happen in your life, mm -hmm. my life anyway. You have a child. You move to a house. You have a mortgage. Stuff happens in your house, like you know, you never know when that an appliance is going to go and you uh -huh. need to buy a new one or or like some some, you know, something's going to happen. And it's not so appealing anymore to spend a thousand fifteen hundred dollars uh, every couple of years just mm -hmm. to have just to just to make things a little bit better. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It. I mean, yes, I just added the Surface Book to my lineup recently, but well, recently, it might have been a year ago. Um, I think it was after Collision last year, so it's not quite a year. Um, but before this, I was still using my Surface Pro, which is a second-gen Intel Core. I think it's a 2200 or something, 2400. So, so yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> I... Uh, and I didn't go out of my way to pick up this computer, although obviously now the uh, the studio computer is about to be replaced because the new one that Michelle bought makes me jealous. Or I guess the new one that Michelle built makes me jealous because we did, uh, when we did the Drew project, we used her computer and it was like, and uh, at Collision, we used her computer and we had way more cameras and stuff and I think we spiked it to 4%. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, so sometimes you know there's a little bit of jealousy that makes you want to do something, or you realize 
you know what, it really is time for a specialty computer. But you're right. For a lot of people, until these internal non-replaceable batteries start to go, there's not a whole lot of reason for a consumer to upgrade a computer because they're doing less on it and the differences between three years ago and today aren't that big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, obviously there is at least some trend upward right now. I do think some of it has to do with, you know, the statistical reality that it was going to have to happen at some point and the fact that we're seeing some enterprises up upgrade, but I don't think it has anything to do with consumers. Uh, Although, at least one consumer, Avram, did do an update, and uh, we're going to talk about that in just a second. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Monster Products, the headphones on my head right now, the Monster Element in, uh, in the Slate Black, which is my my new favorite i really love them um available on ear over ear in ear plus uh maybe these aren't your style maybe you're looking for something more sport related the iSports. um available in uh, corded and bluetooth you're looking for true wireless or maybe a speaker the little hot shot the s100 the big monster blaster and of course uh all of the cables to connect all of those products and uh, your computers and more, all available by going to pilchpoint.live/monster. So, Avram kind of publicly purchased a computer recently, <laughs> and by that I mean you uh, you wrote about it—the fact that it was finally time for you to buy one—and it has not quite gone the way you expected. No. So I think I maybe would talk. I think I talked about this program as well. Um, I think we've talked about it a little bit. Yeah, I think we've talked about it on this program. So if you were listening to the previous segment, we were talking about I was talking about when it's time to update your when you know it's time to update your computer. And I've been feeling for a while like it's time to to, to get a new get a new laptop because my old laptop a ThinkPad T440s, which still works great, and I've been using now, own had now for four years, uh, is good, but it has slowed down a little bit, especially since it's a Spectre and Meltdown um, patches. It works fine. It works pretty well when it's not docked, but when I'm do- when I have it docked through a USB docking station to dual monitors, like I like to do, like I'm doing right now as I'm talking to you, um, sometimes I get some lag. Um, you know it, uh, and so. You know, four years, I'm in this professionally. I kind of felt like, okay, this is the time, especially since, uh, especially since I'd be going from two to four cores. Because if you get something that is eighth gen core now, you're getting four physical cores, which is a big, big, big performance improvement even over the year before, let alone my four year old laptop, which is on fourth generation core. So uh, with all the stuff that I had, uh, study and all the stuff that I reviewed my favorite laptop uh, and one that I wanted for myself was the ThinkPad X1 Carbon the reason why I love this laptop is because it has it 
should have, I should say, a fantastic best-in-class keyboard with really good response, tactile responsiveness, uh, you know, a really premium-feeling soft-touch design, you know, a nice bright screen, and, uh, you know, it's a very light 2.5 pounds, much lighter than my, like, over 4-pound laptop now, and, and it lasts, you know, a long time on a charge, well over 10 hours, no matter what type you have, probably. Anyway, so uh, this is an expensive laptop, uh, but in May, it, in May I saw it on sale and I and I ordered one for around fourteen hundred bucks, uh, which had the uh, sixteen gigs of RAM, a five hundred twelve gig SSD, and perhaps I shouldn't have gotten this, but I thought, hey, this will be the best for battery life, a ten eighty p screen. Well, when you order a laptop from Lenovo, if you order from through their website, it takes a long time. To figure you're going to wait two to four weeks to get to get it, and that you may, as I did, get emails saying like your shipment was delayed, even within that. So, so I ordered it, and I had high hopes I might get it in time for my trip to Taiwan, but didn't. It came while I was away. I come back, excited to excited to, to, to open this up and try it and I noticed three three major problems with it one parts of the keyboard are mushy and, and sticky like the space bar that little used key the screen <laughs> is wow so dim so 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 dim and then the uh, track point the little pointing stick which to me for most people they don't want it I get it it's not for everyone but for me, it's an important feature. I really like that. I really like being able to, uh, as a touch typist, I like being able to move the pointer around without lifting my fingers off of the off of the home row of the keyboard. Uh, it means less moving my shoulder, and it means uh, it means that I can work faster. And I just like it a lot better than using a touchpad. Um, which which, if you want a uh, pointing stick, you don't have a lot of choices in 2018. There are ThinkPads. There's Dell Latitudes, and there are a couple, maybe still HP um, Elite books that have it, but um, the Dell and HP ones, and I think they're also maybe a Toshiba uh, that ha have it, are there. Theirs aren't very good. Anyway, point being that the track point was actually drifting a lot. So like you try to move it, and the pointer would just suddenly go. You move the pointer up to the upper left of the screen, and then you let go, and it go oh, right down no. to the bottom, or something like that, right? I've had that problem a little bit from time to time on my own computer, so it happens, but it was happening like constantly. So, and so I had that thing for like two or three days, for like a few days, and it was real bad. And I took it to the office, and we uh, tested the screen. And although the screen is supposed to be 300 nits, it was really 269 nits. So, uh, so I I uh, I returned it. You know, I sent it back. Um, and I decided, okay, I'm going to maybe my bad for getting the 1080p screen. Maybe I should get there are four screen options with a ThinkPad Carbon. There is the 1080p non touch screen, the 1080p touch screen, a 2K non touch screen, and a 2K non touch HDR screen. The HDR screen is incredibly beautiful, uh, but it uh, also uses a, a lot more battery. And so. 
and it's glossy, which means that you really got to pump the brightness up if you're anywhere with, or else you're going to see a reflection. So perhaps I should have gotten the HDR screen because it just looks so good. But the first time I got the 1080p screen, the second time I got the regular 2K screen. So again, I ordered it. I ordered a new one. I waited over three weeks. It came finally last week. I take it out. I start using it. The keyboard is is mush. It's terrible. It's not. Now, mind you, if someone was not did not know what the original keyboard is supposed to be like, you might think this is okay because even a bad ThinkPad keyboard is probably better than most keyboards. Fair enough. But it. But I still have the review unit that the company sent me, and I put them side by side, and I ran it by eight different people in the office, and every one of them could identify that one of these keyboards was clearly inferior to the other. Uh, not only that, but somebody pointed out that the material on the lid and deck was not even necessarily the same. Like one of them had soft, was a very soft, rubbery finish, and the other one was more of a kind of a hard matte finish. So they weren't even the same, weren't even necessarily made from the same material. Right. This is so now here's a little secret for everybody who um, out there. Computer manufacturers multi-source their parts. And that means that Lenovo, like many other like every other company, buys critical components like the case, the key and the keyboard from different manufacturers. Right. For the X1 Carbon, Lenovo uses at least two manufacturers for the keyboard, uh, according to their own website. They use uh, one from a company called Chicone and one from a company called Sunrex. Uh, now, what I can't tell, because it's not available in the system information, nor is it available on when I type in my serial number and the parts look up on their website, what brand of keyboard was in the review unit and what brand was in the two units that I ordered from them, but they're clearly not the same. Maybe they are all the same brand and they're not manufactured consistently. As a user, I guess it doesn't really matter because it's not the same experience. Right. So who, who, who cares what's going on on their end if they can't get it right? Um, so, so, so on top of all of that, I know that Costco... There are very few stores that actually, where you could actually go buy a ThinkPad in person or buy an X1, particularly this model, the X1 Carbon. But guess what? Costco is one of them. So I went to the local Costco on Friday, and I tried the display model. And the display model at Costco had the good keyboard. I was like, wow, this is great. It has a good keyboard. It even felt soft and rubbery. I said, okay, I'm going to buy this at Costco. Now, mind you, buying it at Costco cost more than it cost getting it from Lenovo.com. Sure. Although, and I didn't have my choice of screens or, or specs. There's only one configuration you can get at Costco, and it's a good configuration except for the screen. It's 16 gigs of RAM, 512 SSD, and a Core i7 CPU, which I actually don't need the Core i7 because the difference between Core i5 and Core i7 is not worth the extra 150 bucks you normally pay uh, online for, for that upgrade. Sure. Anyway, so so I bought it at Costco, and I said, aha, now I'm going to get it, – it costs more, but now I'm going to get the keyboard that I want because I have no idea – because otherwise I'm not really sure what to do. Um, so I took it out of the box. I was very hopeful. 
and it was definitely better than the keyboard on the most recent one that I ordered, but it still wasn't the same as the review unit that I had. The oh. specifically a couple, oddly it it was a couple of the keys felt different. Not the whole keyboard, but it seemed to me like a couple of the keys, like the backspace key and the A key and a couple of the other keys were not were not there. And on top of all of this, the screen, the 1080p screen really sucks. I mean, I thought honestly that maybe this first screen that I got was a fluke because Lenovo claims that it's supposed to be 300 nits and I got 269 nits. But this one is really painfully dim at maximum brightness. So I haven't, that was Friday afternoon. I haven't gotten to bring it back into my office yet to test it with the color and light meter. Sure. But I will do that before I, I return it. And so right now I have two ThinkPad Carbon that I have to return. And hopefully I won't have trouble returning either one of them because between the two of them, I'm on the hook for $3,000 for a laptop that I don't want. So for a laptop that's subpar. Right. Now, you you tell me what 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 should I do? First of all, I'm writing an article about this and everybody should know that like you're you when you buy um and I want to stress this also. I've tried other things. We've reviewed many ThinkPads over the years. We have had some inconsistency in keyboards, but usually when it happens, we reach out to the company and they say, "Oh, and they they give us the impression that, oh, it might just be the one that you got or something like right, that. Right, right. So we think, okay, you know, everybody has lemons. Everybody has lemons. And also, what's a lemon to me might not be a lemon to most readers. So if right. you go online, you read user reviews, you won't find too many user reviews of the Carbons, X1 Carbon saying it has a poor keyboard because the sticky, mushy keyboard that I had, if you try it versus, say, a Dell XPS 13 or another Ultrabook, you might say, hey, this actually is pretty good. Um, so compared to other computers, it's probably still pretty good. I just want to emphasize that. Yeah. It's still pretty good. But compared to itself, you know, compared to itself, for one who has tried them all, you know that you're not getting the best keyboard that they have to offer. And you might suspect that, hey, Lenovo smart. They, they sent me a good keyboard. Uh, on the review unit, and then they they ship their the crappy keyboards to 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 consumers. But like at Costco, the one on display seemed okay. So like, it, it seems to me. And and by the way, we have a couple of times gotten computers to review from Lenovo where the the keyboard on the review unit wasn't uh, top notch. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say that like they they are acutely aware of like who has a good keyboard and who has a bad one. I think. I think this is purely that the there's a quality control issue in the manufacturing, and you know it may be okay with them. It may be like, look, these these none of these keyboards is that bad, so just just live with getting it different. The material might be slightly different, but hey, we've got to buy it from different sources. That's just you know just your luck. But I feel like when you're spending over a thousand dollars on on a computer and you're buying it for the keyboard, make no mistake, people buy ThinkPads for the keyboard. Yes. It's supposed to be the best keyboard you should get the best keyboard, you know? And so I personally cannot live with having one that I know has an inferior keyboard uh, and, and not to mention the issues with the screen. So like I got to send both of these back 
And now my question is, what next? You know, I mean, look, I'm, I'm editor in chief for Tom's Hardware. If I really want, I'm sure I can find a way of getting somebody to send me one that has a good keyboard. But it's not, you know. But for for the readers out there, like, you know, what do you, what do you do? I mean, I think most people who who buy these may not notice that the keyboard isn't the best keyboard that you can get because they haven't tried a whole bunch of them side by side. Yeah. And if you get it and you're satisfied with it, then then keep it. And if you get if you're not satisfied with it, then then take advantage of the return policy and return it. But it's frust but I have to say it's it's very frustrating and for me, I'm not sure now what to do. Should I try to get a third uh, actually this would be a fourth one and see if that one has a better keyboard? If I did, I would try to get it with a with a full HDR screen because man, having tried them all now, the other screens are really washed out. However, the 2K regular screen is at least bright. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Should I should I play that lottery again, or should or 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 should I get a different computer, or should I just stick with this old computer for a while longer? It's hard to say. By the time you know, given their their uh, rate of sending computers every three or four weeks, by the time I order and get another one, it could be uh, could be time for the next unit to come out. Who knows? Right. Well, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. We probably won't see a new one until at least next to sometime next year. But, uh, you know, this is a, you know, this is frustrating. And I feel like not just as a personal gripe, but because I, I, you know, I went out there and I wrote an article about how I, why I bought this. I really owe it to our readers to say like, this is what happened to me because like, you know, I recommended it. And at the time that I recommended it, I had placed my order, but I hadn't received it. So, you know, I think I think people need to know that, like, when you get a ThinkPad, you know, even the bad keyboard is probably good enough for most people. But there's but there's a decent chance that you're not there's a chance that you're not getting that that you're not getting the best keyboard that they have to offer. Um and for some, that might be fine. But like for me, that's that's really disturbing. So, you know, that's that's what I got to say about it. Yeah, and it's disturbing for a couple of reasons. First, the price is the same, whether you whether you theoretically get the good keyboard or the the not as good keyboard. And um, it's it's disturbing because. The keyboard may not be the only, the only part that has quality control issues. It's just the one that you're seeing, because I mean, you physically interact with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, when you call it a, you know, what I call a quality control issue, you, you, and possibly even Lenovo might say is within tolerance, because, um, you know, look, it's working, right? Mm -hmm. I want to really stress this. None of the notebooks that I bought from them was the dictionary definition of defective. Right. They booted up, they worked, all the keys worked, the screen worked, everything worked. Uh, so they weren't defective in the sense of broken, non-functional, malfunctional. Although I think that track point that was drifting was really bad. But uh, I mean, like, what was, what's wrong with them is like, the the quality of the typing experience was not the same right. as, as I experienced and recommended. Uh, and you know, not at the world-class level that 
people expect uh, when you you know people who who have been following the industry expect from a ThinkPad. Mm -hmm. So like or expect for and expect from this ThinkPad, you know. And and I'll be real, and I'll be real honest with you. Like I gave that that is the first product in many years. I can't even remember the last time that I gave five stars, a five perfect rating to Uh when I reviewed ThinkPad X1 Carbon. The uh, I would not, and and I I don't just mean me, the company. We maybe Laptop Mag maybe gives one five star review every year or two, right? We gave that the first a five star review. If they had sent me a model with the keyboard, uh, with the keyboard on any of the three that I bought, it would not have gotten that rating. It would, and it might not have even gotten uh, an editor's choice award right uh, i don't know it might not it certainly wouldn't have gotten the five-star rating that it got if they sent me that keyboard so like on that basis i recommended it to a lot of readers and if they're not getting the experience that i had that's really not fair yeah absolutely and and interestingly um i you and i kind of talked uh off air um lenovo took the number one spot in the laptop mag, uh, best and worst brands by a point. Yeah, so I'm not even gonna do the do the math on this one, but but you know, I don't know whether you know depending on what we rated it. I mean, it's still a, even with a less than perfect keyboard, it's still a, a really good laptop. Right. The X1 Carbon. Uh, just learn my lesson and, and spend. <laughs> the money to get the HDR screen, although your battery life will suffer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I have to say, uh, I, you know, irony of, of it is we tested it with a 1080p touchscreen and that was very bright and colorful. So I thought getting a 1080p non-touchscreen would be like the same thing. Right. Because, uh, you know, I wouldn't buy a touchscreen on a clamshell laptop. I, 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 that's my advice to everybody. Don't waste the electricity or the money. Uh, on buying a touchscreen unless your laptop ends back. But anyway, that's a that's a neither here nor there. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know whether that would have, I mean, you know, it's an average of a lot of things, so I don't know whether, you know, half a star or whatever difference it might have gotten. Uh, you know, I don't want to sp- speculate at this point. Right. But, uh, but, yeah, like... It would have made it a tighter you know, race. You know, this... Having an inconsistent experience like this is not the behavior of a number one right. uh, brand. Right. So, exactly. Um, so now, to 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 be fair, to be fair to Lenovo, I I am sure that they are not the only ones who source parts from many different vendors. Right. I know that everybody does it. Yeah. Where where it stands out is when you use it on a component that that people are buying your product for. Yeah. People buy buy ThinkPads for the keyboard. For the keyboard. If I'm buying an Acer E15 that's 350 bucks, and I ha- happen to have four Acer E15s in front of me, and some have a better keyboard than others, I wouldn't have expected to get you know like it's not famous for its keyboard. Right. 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 However, if I was buying a let's say Surface Book, and some of the Surface Books had a really dim screen or a really bland, uncolorful screen, 
uh, when pe- they're known for their beautiful pixel sense displays, uh-huh. yeah, I, I, I would, I would feel ripped off. So like, or a Surface Book you know, that the, that the hinge was inconsistent on. Right. Something like yeah, something like that that your product is famous for. Listen, if you want to use a different brand of USB receptacle on your thing, no one's going to notice or care. Right? Right. But but the flagship parts of your flagship, the parts that people know you for, yeah. you need to get right. For on sure. On every model, on every unit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Obviously, we appreciate you uh, sharing your less than stellar experience with us because um, it's it's something that people need to know about that that this is out there. Um, I know you've been doing some writing on this. Uh, I assume we're going to see it published probably sometime this week. Tuesday or, or Wednesday, we've reached out to Lenovo for comment to see if we can get a comment in the initial article from them. Uh, and I'm bringing in the units that I had to to have some tests done in the office, so I have a little bit more research. But uh, you know, this can't. Uh, I don't want to keep sitting on this. You know, people. I recommended this to people, and they deserve to know what happened. For sure. So we'll see that uh, Tuesday or Wednesday on Tom's Hardware. Yes. Perfect. Well, uh, as always, thank you uh, for bringing that to our attention, Abram. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Razer. All the accessories you need to up your game available from the Razer store. Whether you're looking for a new mouse, like the uh, mouse I use right here, my wonderful Razer mouse, uh, or you're looking for a great keyboard um, for, uh, for gaming, or you're looking for a whole system, the Razer Blade, uh, systems are fantastic. They've even got uh, the Razer phone, which is not a phone for gaming, but a phone for gamers, which is important. Um, and uh, I know uh, Apple announced this week a new external uh, video card for their MacBooks, but Razer has been doing this for years. Um, and so if you've got a, uh, a laptop that you want to make better for gaming when you're docked uh you can get uh the razor core and uh, add any regular video card to your uh to your laptop all of that and a whole lot more to make your gaming experience better is available by going to f5live.tv slash razor i saw a lot of people get real excited about the the black magic video card this week. And I'm like, calm down guys. And the razor one works on the Mac and it has for years. It's not. Yeah. Shh, everything's well, fine. I mean, the thing that really mattered is that, uh, Mac built the support into Mac OS. Uh-huh, not, yeah. not that they've come out with a, with a product to do it. Uh, so yes, razor has been doing eGPUs for a while. There are several other eGPUs in the market. And 
One more thing about Razer, man. You gotta if you haven't, you gotta try the great Razer Green switches. Uh huh. I the Razer Green switches are some of the best keyboard switches anywhere, particularly if you like a clicky keyboard. Uh huh. Which really really good switches. Which really really I good think, keyboard switches. Which I think all of our regular viewers know that you and I are both big fans of uh of good response on a keyboard. We're both as as we, I think, established in the last right. section. You and yeah, I are yeah, both exactly. very picky about it, keyboards. It, it, it matters a great deal. But look, you're touching it all the time. It ought to matter. Absolutely, totally agree. Um, okay, so let's talk about Nintendo uh, for a minute. Um, just an interesting topics. Uh, shortly after the Nintendo Switch came out, um, people wanted, as with all hardware that's locked to do a special thing. Um, people want it to do things that it's not intended to do. Um, with the Switch, uh, there were two exploits that were found um, over the last six months or so. Um, they both have uh, interesting names. One is Deja Vu, and I wouldn't even know how to pronounce the other one because they both end in EE and have an accent in them. So I'm not gonna try. Um, it seems to be referred to online by the initials FG, which is fine. So we'll go with that. Um, that one involves the uh, NVIDIA processor in the system and is an actual hardware exploit um, that a firmware patch um, at some point made um, made go away. But obviously, if you have not patched the system, uh, you still have the ability to do all of the all of the things that you're not supposed to do. Um, and Deja Vu is some sort of a different, I don't exactly know how that one works. Um, that one was patched later. The big thing that happened uh, this week is that um, a Twitter user who has been instrumental in discovering these and reporting them to Nintendo, in all fairness, um, both of these were reported by the discoverers to Nintendo before they were released uh, to the wild, um, has noticed that the systems that are coming out of Nintendo today have been patched against FG, which is the one that, uh, that apparently everybody uses. So if you were hoping to do something weird like run Windows 10 on your Switch, which is an honest-to-God actual thing, or... <laughs> Um, or you're trying to hack it to be um, one of those jerks that cheats in a video game and ruins it for everybody else, um, the consoles coming out of Nintendo today are patched against you. So um, that is pretty much uh, going to be the end of that for, uh, for most people. Um, they are oh, man, running Windows 10 on that? That sounds awesome. <laughs> right? Um, I've seen, I've seen video. I don't know how legitimate it is. Um, obviously there have been, it, it's one of the things, right. That every, th there's like four or five things that, that hackers do. They try and get windows 95 to run on hardware, like weird hardware. And then they try and get whatever the most modern version of windows is. They try and get a build of Linux and they try and run doom. Those <laughs> Those are like the four uh, kind of guaranteed things that people are going to try and do to hardware as soon as it comes out. I think um, I think the MacBooks were out with the with the weird touch bar. I think they were out for a week before somebody had uh, Doom running across the touch bar. Uh, <laughs> it, 
it's one of my favorite things. I saw somebody running Doom on an ATM one time. Uh. Well, you know, <laughs> if you were um, keeping up with our coverage of Computex, you know that Asus is coming out with a uh, with a new ZenBook that has a a uh, touchscreen in the touchpad. Uh huh. And you, while it's not the best use of it, you can use it as a screen. Uh huh. So yes, you could play Doom on that. <laughs> Actually, really easily because yeah. it's because it's using the you know it's Windows, so all right. it is is just a really small monitor. Right, it's just a second second display. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, it's it's definitely for okay. So for those of us who like to play games, uh, this could be a good thing because we'll see a whole lot less. Um, in-game cheating in games like uh, Splatoon, where when somebody cheats and macros stuff, it ruins the game for everybody playing. Um, but for those who just like to experiment, because um, we know the hardware world loves to experiment um, with every crazy piece of hardware that comes out and do things that it shouldn't do, but is not malicious, um, your big exploit is about to go away. So you will have to be on the lookout for older hardware already in the wild that has not been patched. So good luck with that. Uh, that's it. Not a terribly exciting topic, but something that I, th- <laughs> I think uh, should be out there. This week's news from the tubes on F5 Live is probably powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or let the professionals do it for you, because, you know, that's what they do. The guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies. From blockbusters to Omega Cop. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they've got a little bit of everything. The way it usually works for a couple of dollars, you download the MP3, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever the movie happens to live, and laugh. Uh, from time to time, they do uh, live events in theaters nationwide. The next one is Crawl on August 23rd, which is the one I'm looking forward to. Um, in addition to the movies and the uh, live events, they also have uh, short films, uh, a lot of like weird old industry films, and just bizarre, bizarre things. Um, all of that, the shorts, the movies, and information about where you can see Crow live are all available by going to f5live.tv slash tracks with an X. So, Abram and I have been talking a lot lately, because uh, we have to, about internet censorship. Uh, the, the concept has surprisingly different differentiating what no differing opinions oftentimes from the same people um so obviously a lot of people um were uh in favor of the fcc retaining net neutrality rules including let's say um a lot of the uh Facebook, right? Facebook was was in favor of of uh, 
the net neutrality guideline staying in the FCC. But there are also people that um, feel that um, actually, you know, what's a better example? Google. We'll use Google. Google wanted the FCC to retain the uh, the net neutrality rules, and people want Google to uh, censor content themselves. So <laughs> the internet has become a chaotic and strange place. Um, really, over the last year and a half, I'd say. Does that sound about right, Abram? About a year and a half, we've seen this really ramp up, where. I mean, you know, now that I mean, obviously, um, ever since Ajit Pai was uh, appointed head of the FCC, um, you know, we knew that uh, net neutrality was was going to go. Sure. Um, so that's not. So that's been about that a, part's not a. That's that part's not a surprise. No, but that's um, been that's been about a year and a half. Yeah, and, that's been about a year and a half. And the uh, the. The petitions for Google to censor content on YouTube has been about that same time period, I think. Like, the big pushes for them to to pull content down. I guess it was probably twenty mid-2016, so that's probably been a little bit longer. But, so the, the internet doesn't quite know what they want. They seem I, to... I, they don't want Comcast to decide what you can see, but they do want Facebook and YouTube to decide what you see. I... But I think I think that's I think there's a fundamental difference between oh, absolutely. those two things. You have a choice as a yes. viewer to go to another website. Absolutely. You don't have a choice to go. You don't have much of a choice to go to another internet provider. Most people have at the maximum two, two home choices. internet providers. Oh, absolutely. Uh, in their area, and even if there were five, like you, there. There's just that's you know, and all of them did some degree of of, of censoring of content. Um, you know that would be, um, you know, you you wouldn't have a lot of choice. Whereas, right. it's the internet. You can go visit. Well, provided that your ISP is not censoring it for sure. you, you can go visit any website. Sure. So like, YouTube is a platform. Facebook is a platform. Absolutely. And they have, they have the right. And some would say the responsibility to police what what happens on their platform. They are not just a dumb a dumb pipe. Sure. You know, the the uh, the ISPs don't want to be, but I think most of us would like them to just shut up and give us our connection. Yeah, like, for sure. You know, like I don't think you want your like it's it's like the telephone, right? You don't want the phone company deciding who can call you, right? Whom you or can de- call, or deciding that certain area codes are off limits. But it in this case, I'm I'm totally with you. I don't want I don't want anybody deciding what it is <laughs> that I am allowed to see. But obviously, that is not the way everybody believes. Um, and we've seen this this interesting uh, buildup around. Um, the parts of the internet wanting uh, platforms like Facebook and Reddit to censor or not censor content and uh, their behaviors in response. Facebook has done a couple of things that have been 
a little surprising. There was the uh, the the pair of black conservative women. I can never remember their Facebook page that Facebook took down um, seemingly with no reason. Uh, but in general, Facebook has been really uh, mo- kind of hands off. Um, they may take down content, but taking down pages uh, is pretty unusual for them. Um, case in point, the uh, the backlash against Facebook this week has been over um, uh, the Infowars Facebook page, uh, who obviously most people know the frontman Alex Jones because you know it's hard to get the um, the YouTube song um, about the gay frogs out of your head once you've heard it, uh, and kind of everybody knows him. And uh, so Facebook has been asked why they don't just ban Infowars from from Facebook. And Facebook said, we see pages on both the left and the right pumping out what they consider opinion or analysis, but others call fake news. We believe banning these pages would be contrary to the basic principles of free speech. So Facebook, who has been very public about wanting to decide what content is on their platform. Uh, there's the whole uh, f- fake news uh, reporting and all of that stuff. Facebook is saying if there, there's a certain point where shh, just know your sources. On the other, and that has caused them all kinds of trouble this week. On the other hand, um, Reddit, a user on Reddit asked uh, the CEO, Steve Huffman, who is better known on Reddit as Spez, um, why, um, why do your admins not ban hate speech? And uh, he said, you know, we have our violent speech policy, and that's that's that. And then he was uh, he said, uh, the, the whoever asked the question said that this should be a separate thing, and he said. Hate speech is difficult to define. There's a reason why it's not really done. Additionally, we are not the thought police. It's not the role of a private company to decide what people can and cannot say. Now, that is a very strong and very defined response. And uh, shortly after, the person who asked the question was suspended. (sighs) So, I mean, the thing is, I... I feel a little bit of um, empathy for for Facebook's Facebook's position here Absolutely. because because I think what Facebook and other businesses like them want to be is they want to be above the fray. Uh-huh. They don't want to get involved in politics. They don't want to take a side, right? So, unfortunately, in our uh, world right now in our country right now what one person defines as hate speech another person defines as mainstream uh-huh. uh, political speech so who is deciding what's mainstream political speech now right and I think I, I, I know that's what Spez was saying in his reddit post was it's hard to define so we try not to right so they're they're in a difficult position and then whoever whatever they do they're going to alienate people Right. So, and then how do you implement that consistently? So, you know, if they say that like InfoWars is is bad and and fake, um, 
you know, all the people who now, you know what? I, I would kind of like to see Facebook go out and actually, actually do, do this, but I can understand why they're reticent to do it. Like they would have to go out and say, look, Infowars, but Infowars is a really obvious case because that right. guy, I'm sorry, but, he makes up all kinds of crazy stuff. But the but, thing, uh, the thing that's interesting is, while Alex Jones is the frontman for Infowars, the rest of the staff is not, like the rest of the programming is not Alex Jones crazy, which is you know, fascinating. But I, mean, but I mean, you know, the thing is, they have to. I mean, I guess the question is, what is Facebook sort of allowing into their publisher network and what are they just allowing to be to share on their uh-huh. on their site? Right. If they are allowing companies into their their they have a publisher network, right? Instant they're articles. Allowing, right. If they're allowing somebody into their instant articles, I think that I think they have more responsibility for it. Absolutely. Than if they're allowing somebody to just post a page on Facebook. Um, because you're not going to stop people from sharing links to it. Right, that's the thing. So, are you going to suddenly cut off the links to it? I mean, right. It's 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 bad. Like people shouldn't, you know, like they really shouldn't share share links to that kind of stuff. I guess the question is, who is how are you going to police it? Right. And you know, and how, I think it's the how same. do you maintain consistency? If once you decide to police something, how do you maintain consistency? Because you know, everybody, I. Like I said in, in my article, everybody knows Infowars because, again, everybody can't. Once you hear the gay frogs song, you can't get it out of your head. Um, but, you know, he's just one of thousands of websites with, you know, insan- in both directions with insanity involved. So do you go scan every website and start deciding who's crazy and who's not, you know, how do, how do you create consistency? And I think that's kind of the, the point that you and I have, have made a couple of times is, you know, once Facebook gets into content curation of any sort, now they're in that business and that's not the business they want to be in. Yeah. I think that's the problem. They, they don't want to, they want to be above the fray. They don't want to be seen as, so like if they kick off, and if they kick off Infowars, right, like, or, or something like that, well, mm-hmm. you know, there's a good, there's a very good argument to be made that they should. At the same time, once they do that, all the people who are, who are seeing that are, who are seeing that are going to say, hey, we're mad, we're leaving Facebook, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and why don't you take down these? I mean, like, and that just, it's going to be that a, just feeds into the conspiracy theory mindset that they're already set for. Yeah. So yeah. like. I think that their position, like many people's, is that like they want to allow the free marketplace of ideas mm-hmm. and hope, or maybe they don't care. But right. others of us can hope that the that 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 the true that truth wins out right. uh, in these debates. But unfortunately, it does give a megaphone to 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 craziness. Sure. And and to be fair, before the internet and some and, and and really even on the internet and to some degree before facebook we didn't have such a big marketplace for that for for crazy for crazy ideas like you know i remember when i was in college there were some like 
crazy people handing out like a, a pam- pamphlets on my college campus. And yeah. it was like, okay, great. But you're only able to reach all the people who have come by and grabbed a pamphlet from you. Right, right. But on Facebook, you can reach everybody very, very easily. Yep. Because crazy things go viral pretty quickly. So, so, <laughs> so, you know, maybe they do have responsibility because they created the platform at the same time. I'm not sure how much how how much we want them to get into the business of, of figuring out of epistemology right. and figuring out what's true and what's not true. Right. Because at a certain point, you know, that we're at a point now where kind of being without Facebook is almost would almost be a problem, right? That so much stuff runs through their network. They're like frighteningly approaching almost utility level. You know what I mean? So, you know, there, there's a certain point where they might, from a legal standpoint, they might not even be able to. (laughs) So they've, I think they've set themselves up to try and, uh, like you said, stay uh, as far above it as they can. Uh, but then it's interesting to see Reddit kind of go the other way and say, and say we're staying above it and then uh, suspend the guy that asked the question. <laughs> the Internet is definitely having trouble trying to decide where these platforms fall. Um, and it's it's definitely an interesting thing to be watching, you know, YouTube and I've been watching on YouTube, uh, especially recently. I have a plugin that I use uh, for uh, tag suggestions, and the the um, the tool now tells you if you include this tag, uh, your video will be demonetized. So, <laughs> it's it's fascinating the way these companies are 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 dealing with certain stuff, um, and. It was inevitable. We knew that we'd get to this point at at some point as a couple of big players emerged, and it's uh, it's definitely fascinating. This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. Couple things to remember. Tomorrow at 3 p.m. starts Amazon Prime Day. If you do not already have a Prime subscription or don't know all of the things that you get with Prime, uh, let's talk about that real quick. First, with Prime Day, you get special discounts for a full day and a half. and uh, they, again, they start on Monday and they go all the way through uh, all the way through Tuesday. There's all kinds of stuff. Um, remember that just because it's a Prime Day deal doesn't make it a deal. CamelCamelCamel.com is your friend. Um, you get free shipping, two-day shipping on most things, uh, one day on other things, uh, included in your Prime subscription. You also get Amazon uh, Prime Music for free, which is several million tracks for free. And right now, you can sign up for the full Amazon Music uh, for only 99 cents for the first four months. Um, you get uh, Prime Video, which is all kinds of uh, content, uh, TV shows, movies, and original content, documentaries, all available as part of your subscription. And you get Twitch Prime, 
We've been talking about this for a while. First, you get uh, one free subscription on Twitch every month, which if you want to, you can use to subscribe to us and help us out a little bit. Uh, and you get a free game, uh, a couple of free games per month. Right now, through uh, the 17th as part of Prime Day, you get a new free game every day. So if you're a Prime subscriber, definitely go over to Twitch and uh, claim as many of the free games as you can. And we've got good news. If you're not currently a Prime subscriber and you still want to take advantage of Prime Day tomorrow, you can by getting a free 30-day trial and seeing all of your benefits by going to f5live.tv slash prime. All right. Um, we've talked about the AT&T Time Warner deal a number of times. Um, a couple, uh, About a month ago, a federal court um, dismissed the Department of Justice's case saying that they had not met their burden of proof. And with that, AT&T uh, finalized their deal with Time Warner. They immediately changed the name of Time Warner to Warner Media because they didn't want it to be confused with Time Warner Cable, which does not exist anymore. So, therefore, there shouldn't have been any confusion, but that's okay. Uh, Warner Media becomes the new company, and um, uh, John Stanky, who had been an AT&T executive for a number of years, moved over and took over what is now Warner Media, and uh, recently made comments about HBO needing to make some changes and to take some inspiration from some of the streaming services, in particular Netflix. And that's because uh, the, the amount of engagement time on HBO versus, say, Netflix is uh, very low, and he wanted to increase that. Um, and one example of the decrease in either quality or quantity or something of HBO is for the first time in 17 years, HBO is not the top... Um, nominated content collection, I guess, uh, for the Emmys. Uh, Netflix took that crown from them, so it would definitely make sense that uh, that Warner would be interested in seeing, uh, seeing some changes at HBO. Uh, obviously, HBO has always been known for their, for their content, um, but you know, se several of their big shows are either ending or have ended. And so uh, I think he wants to make sure that that does not become a long-running problem. But a long-running problem that may get in their way is that the Department of Justice has appealed the uh, judge's ruling from a month ago. And um, if they were to win, which is uh, most legal analysts believe is unlikely, if they were to win the merger would have to be rolled back, which would be, I think, fascinating to watch, though um, probably disastrous for everybody involved. The fact that Warner Media is being run as a separate entity uh, under the umbrella probably makes it a little easier, but you know, the, the head of the company has already been replaced, so maybe not. Um, but I think, I think in this case, uh, the Department of Justice is trying to show that they're going to remain strong against big mergers, which might be counterindicated by how quickly they approved the Disney-Fox merger 
having approved it before um, they had accepted the bid. But uh, but still, um, I think they're just I think the government's trying to look strong against big mergers. That's my feeling. What do you think, Abram? Uh, I think it's just a conflict within, uh, you know, conflict within the government. I mean, obviously, the current administration is is generally um, not, you know, not doing a lot of uh, sort of blocking of corporate uh, corporate mergers and 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 big into, you know, kind of uh, having a heavy hand with uh, uh, regulation enforcement and things like that. So I don't know. I think uh, I don't I don't think that this uh, move by the uh, I don't think this is going to lie. I don't think this is going to stand, honestly. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't I don't think they stand a chance. Most most legal analysts have said that there's no way this that the government wins this one. But I think the fact that they, they waited a month before appealing. Um, I think the only reason that they appealed is was just like, look, we're taking this seriously. I, I think it's just a show personally. Yeah. Yeah. Now, honestly, I don't think either one, I'm looking at the list, total list of Emmy nominees. I don't think, HBO was that far behind Netflix. No, um, I don't think so either. I think I think it was just a couple off, but it is the first time that they've not been they've not worn the crown in 17 years. So it's a that's a pretty big deal. I mean, also isn't one that got nominated a lot was the marvelous Mrs. Meisel, and I think that is Amazon. Oh, isn't that Amazon? I, I'm pretty sure that's Amazon. I don't know. I've never heard of it. Uh, it's it's about like a stand-up comedian in I think the fifties or something. Interesting. Uh, it sounds anyway, like my kind of thing. Hey, I have I have not watched it. The I I will say this: Netflix. I have HBO and I have Netflix. If I had to choose between the two, it would be no contest. Uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, HBO has almost nothing that I want to watch, and the only reason why I have it is because it basically came free with my cable package. Uh-huh. I would not spend money for HBO at this point. Um, you know, my wife lo- watch, likes Game of Thrones, and I like Westworld, and that's about the sum of it. Uh-huh. Uh Whereas Netflix has just so many things going on on there, and Here's a really key thing that a lot of folks may not be thinking of: the uh, original ch- uh, family children program, uh, child-friendly programming, is like I don't even know if there is any on HBO. I think there's a very, very small amount right. of like child-friendly programming on that. Netflix is like so many, so many things I can watch with my son on Netflix that are not just like movies that they that they're licensing, but like right. original Originals. content. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of re- and, and good stuff like that we really enjoy watching together. Like just yesterday, they put up um, they put up the first season of the Captain Underpants show. Uh huh. I saw that. Uh, and like we watched almost all the episodes today. And like and it was, you know, while not as good as the books, it was it was uh, it was really quite good. So like, you know, and, and previously, I mean. This may sound odd to say, but the Stretch Armstrong cartoon is really, really good. I didn't even uh, know there was such a thing. 
it is not like the original toy at all. Fair <laughs> enough. But it, but nevertheless, a really good show sort of reminds me a little bit of uh, Gargoyles. Um, okay. The, uh, you know, there's just a, the, uh, my son really loved the Boss Baby show. Uh-huh. Uh, they seem to make a lot of movies and make shows out of them. I see that. Movies, with varying degrees of quality, with varying degrees of quality, like the, uh, uh, those were good ones, but then like the Spy Kids show, not so good. But, um, but, uh. Nevertheless, like they have a lot of good children's shows in addition to really good, good adult, show, good adult shows yeah. like Altered Carbon, uh, which I really, really liked. So like they they have really good stuff. I see that Stranger Things, which everybody knows about, has been nominated for a bunch of stuff. But uh-huh. like other really good stuff that they've done, like Altered Carbon did not, you know, get any rec- recognition here. So like. You know, Netflix makes a lot of stuff. Now I understand that they're going into massive debt with, uh, they're they're operating at a great loss to produce this content yeah. for you. But uh, a couple of years ago, I was at the point of maybe canceling my Netflix subscription because I was like, man, <laughs> there's just not even one thing a month that I want to watch on this. And now it seems like every week right. there's a new original show going up that I actually want to sit and watch, watch the whole show. Yeah, absolutely. So. So uh, the quality of Netflix is is really really good. Yes, for sure. And I think I think that that's that's the point of uh, of his comments is that Netflix isn't afraid to try some strange things. Um, they've got that that baking show nailed it, which is a ridiculous concept and is both entertaining and ridiculously funny, which I'm not sure it's supposed to be. Um, and, you know, they're not afraid to try some kind of bizarre things. And I think that might be, I think HBO is about to start trying a wider attempt at, uh, at original content. So it'll be, it'll be assuming that <laughs> the DOJ doesn't take, uh, Warner away from AT and T, though I don't like we said I don't suspect that that'll be the case. Uh, but it'll be good. I, you know, you and I have talked. There's there's ups and downs on there being a number of services that all offer good content. Obviously, the the subscription price starts to get a little ridiculous at a certain point. But you know, if you get if you get a couple of good services that are producing some really great content. It could easily replace a standard cable subscription and just become become your go-to. If you've got Amazon and Hulu and Netflix and HBO all actually producing quality, you know you might actually make a change. So. Well, that is our show. Uh, thank you to those of you who joined us in the chat room. I see some people uh, talking, uh, at least one comfort, one something going on on uh, YouTube. Um, uh, you mentioned uh, Sky. That is a, that is a fascinating topic because uh, that kind of fits into that Disney uh, Fox conversation because everybody involved in the Fox bidding is also involved in the sky bidding because that is going to be owned by somebody else before the end of 2018 anyway um so thank you to those of you who joined us live if you can't you didn't join us live or you can't join us live that's okay plunkitslive.com 
slash subscribe. There you can find all of our shows and subscribe to them on uh, your mobile devices on uh, basically every platform you could ever want. Uh, so uh, definitely go check that out. Um, if I'm not mistaken, we've got nothing in our way for the next couple of weeks. So theoretically, we should have a normal schedule for a little while. Hopefully, Avram will nod his head at me. Excellent. Yes. So, uh, so uh, excellent. That means uh, we will see you guys back next week. So on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And we will see you back next week. Ciao.